0: Hello and welcome to the Mo Bros Show, where I, Tip Mosley, pastor at Fellowship Baptist Church in Mount Juliet, Tennessee, will sit and discuss topics of life, ministry, and theology with my brother, J.P. Mosley, who is a professor and minister at Heidelberg Theological Seminary in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. On today's episode, J.P. and I are back from a short hiatus to continue our study on idioms and phrases found in Scripture. For today, we are in the book of Daniel to discuss the phrase, The writing is on the
1: wall. Simeon was playing coach pitch and then Judah was playing just, you know, a couple of steps above that where it was uh, um, his own teammates or the other team's team pitching at him, which is scary. Um, But, uh, yeah, yeah, they had a good time. It was their first time playing baseball. Um, Simeon ended up playing uh, just about every position. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if he did shortstop or second. I know he did third, first, catcher, pitcher. Well, he played at the pitcher's position, and then I think he did right and left fields. I don't think he did center field either. But she's not really built for a center fielder. Um, And then he batted. He was pretty good at batting. Kind of has a batting stance of Babe Ruth. Um, Even even points to where he's hitting it and kind of. No, he does not. No. No, didn't. Um, and then Judah, Judah played a lot of outfield and would come in and do second base occasionally. Um, and then because it's, you know, player pitch, it's, I think, I think really in that you're lucky if you hit the ball, you know, it's especially if it's your first time coming up playing baseball, that's, that's just. People get walked the majority of the time.
0: Right, yeah. Yeah, you send me so. videos, and I, it's funny watching him at the plate. He doesn't take his eye off the pitcher. <laughs> it's like Ugh. he – he, I mean, he'll watch the ball come in, but he doesn't, like, take practice swings, doesn't step out of the box. He just stands there still as can be just staring down the pitcher. That's pretty intimidating.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't want to
0: go against that.
1: His team did get second place overall in their, oh. in, their count, in their county, uh, whatever, whatever it was.
0: Oh well, that's good.
1: Yeah. Um, well, and we then um, Marianne actually starts up T-ball here pretty soon.
0: Oh, fun, Evan. Yeah, see, Evan doesn't want to play baseball. Ewan wants to play baseball. We're going to get him in spring baseball next year. Yeah. And Eben's going to be playing soccer in the next couple of weeks. Eden's doing a cheer camp. Mm. Um, but we, man, I'm still trying to, I'm still having a hard time coming back from uh vacation Bible school. Mm. It's like, I, I used to have everything ready. And I was like, I'm always weeks ahead of myself, but vacation Bible school was like, it felt like four events in one week. Mm-hmm. And then we had, uh, and then we always throw a big community thing for the fourth of July. And so that was a lot.
1: Yeah.
0: But I don't, I I don't remember, I guess because I was younger, I don't remember vacation Bible school being so taxing, like so exhausting.
1: I haven't been in one or done one in 18 years. Hmm. Kind of nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's <clears throat> even even the ones that even even if I did do it, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be like what it was when you and I were growing up where all of a sudden it's kind of spectacle. Um in the churches that I'm in, um, it, it would it, it's it's more an actual Bible school. And it lasts for three or four weeks. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Now, some of them have reduced it to two or one, but in the history of uh, the churches that I'm in, the church denomination I'm in, um, which is a, a German immigrant church, uh, what's what they called the Vacation Bible School was actually, it, 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 it was one of two th- it, it, When they started doing it, it was to help teach the kids German. Wow. And so it was a summer month where they were studying German, the German language. Yeah. Because a lot of their services were still in German. And yet when they would go to school during the week, everything was in English. And so, um, and and that changed. And now some of the churches are still trying to figure out why in the world they're doing you know, a three-week program for BBS and you want to talk about one week or just a few days being taxing, those pastors that I know that are doing it for three weeks, they're – I mean, but it's a summertime. and my churches, normally um, Bible studies, regular Bible studies get put on hold. Sunday school classes get put on hold.
0: Oh, okay, okay. So it kind
1: of – it balances balances the scales – It does a little bit. We have our we have our big denom our big uh, not denomination, but uh, what what's called our classes, which is the the regional churches. Uh, Two of two of our classes have a have a camp together. Uh, One class has their own out east, another one has their own out west, and then we have one in the Black Hills of South Dakota, and so that's actually next. That's that's coming up next week, and I'm I'm uh, uh, giving a uh, talk a lecture on Micah six, six through eight uh-huh. to the senior high kids. Um, and I'm the first one to go and it's, it's fun. Um, there's, it's, it's a week long thing. You get there on Monday, you leave on Friday. and uh, So, um, so that, that takes, I mean, you, you know, for those of us, you know, for the pastors that are there, you then have to turn around and preach again that Sunday. Yeah. So you you want to make sure you have a sermon ready to go before right. you have to go off to camp, right? Um, and and that's you know that would be the case with vacation Bible schools. You're going to want to know that you've got some sermons ready ready to go before you start doing you know this other sort of project kind of thing.
0: And here I am, here I am moaning and groaning about four days out of the week.
1: Yeah, no, Germans, I mean I I was sermons do things a little harder.
0: <laughs> I was prepared for the Sunday, but I, I kind of wish now that I had been prepared further than that. Um, yeah. I, I'm yeah. still catching myself trying to catch up, catching cool. myself, trying to catch up. I just, I just said that sentence. Yes, you
1: did. Um, and how, how, what's the age group that y'all have? We did pre-K through 5th grade. And are they all doing the same thing?
0: Not at the same time, but yes, they're all it's like a rotation.
1: No, no, no. What I mean is is it kind of like the same theme. Yeah. So one of the things that uh, I I would have is just a rotation of six different themes. And the kids wouldn't know it. The kids wouldn't know that oh, oh we did that 6 years ago because you have six vacation Bible school things. Yeah. And every six, you know, it'll pop up again every six years.
0: Right. Right. That makes um, sense.
1: That way for your planning, everything's planned out. Everything's mapped out. It's in a binder. It's in a digital file. Uh, you did it six years ago. Right. Now, I just, I just gave the trick to the trade, but. well, <laughs> that, well But the thing is, is you don't reinvent the wheel. I mean, that's. No. Um. I think too many people get in trouble when it comes to pastoral ministry when they think they have to sit down and come up with something new. Uh, when you're already buying the curriculum. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Um,
0: with the with the children's the children's ministry, we have a curriculum that we buy every year and it comes with a free VBS. So that's oh, that's, that's cool. what we did. Yeah. So that's, that's uh, cool. all of it, all of it was planned out per age group. That's cool. And they even had uh, stuff for like outdoor games and snacks, so you did not have to come up with anything on your own. Yeah. you You, the
1: you only still thing get all, you you stuff to get all the stuff.
0: Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. You could collect all the stuff. We did decorations and stuff. And this this was the first time that this church has done a VBS in five years. Mm. And we were averaging thirty kids uh, for the course of the four nights. Our, our least number was the last night but I think it's because we did on a Saturday and we should have, it probably should have done like a Tuesday through Friday and would have had the same number of kids, but we ended on a Friday. I mean, a Saturday instead, but we also got two families that came to church that next Sunday and are still coming.
1: That's good. That's yeah. what it's about. Yeah. Any Anything the church does needs to be outreach. Oh yeah. Yeah. Anything. Well, the, the um, uh, I mean, you and I say it. And it sounds like it's it's obvious, but it's Oh, well, yeah, obvious. duh, so duh. It's, yeah. Some people, it's not obvious. I mean, they some people want to have a picnic, and it's just for people in the church, and it's like that's not what the church is. No, we're not supposed to be a closed group. Everything is supposed to be invite your neighbor, invite family yeah. members. I don't all of it every time. It's supposed to be that way, but
0: even for like the we'll we'll do like uh, um, for the men's stuff, we'll do like cookouts. Mm-hmm. Make sure you invite your neighbor Mm
1: -hmm.
0: that guy that you've been trying to invite to church, invite him to this. Mm -hmm. That let that be the foot into the door. Um, so we've we've been on a bit of a little hiatus here. We, we, you and I have not gotten together to record in uh, over a month. I felt like it was longer.
1: It's been over a month,
0: it's been a good while now. We've been sitting so, on uh, we've been know, sitting on know, Ecclesiastes for a while.
1: I know it was at least three weeks because that's how long I was on vacation. Okay, so yeah, I, think I we recorded the the week before that, but not not those three weeks or or last week either.
0: Yeah, it's recorded, but it's not uploaded. Right. I can and,
1: and we've got I've got people saying waiting for this next one to come out.
0: I'm I'm sorry.
1: Pause. Oh, I told him it's coming. Yeah, we've been we've been on vacation. We've been busy. Yeah.
0: Come on, oh, it, it, it. All right, so it's uh, episode oh. eleven was May thirteenth. Was uploaded on May thirteenth. Yeah. So now I I want to get into one that I think about quite often, especially if I'm listening to, um. Well, you know my my favorite, my favorite group. You know who my favorite group is. Mm, yeah. Um.
1: Uh, what was that? Uh, uh, don't you like that uh, K-pop band that um, about eight or nine of a minute? Bk or something. I don't know. Is it that your B- favorite group?
0: BTS. Isn't that what they're called? Oh, BTS. B S T. BTS. Hang on. Google is my friend. Oh, no, I'm just, I'm I'm teaching you. But no. Uh, smash,
1: smash some pumpkins.
0: No, 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 no. Oh, well, yes, I enjoy But no, I was talking about my favorite girl group.
1: Oh, your um, favorite girl group?
0: Yeah. The the only reason Beyonce even has a career, Destiny's mm-hmm. Child. Yeah. Their their second studio album that still featured four women on it. Yeah. Uh, was called The Writings on the Wall.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, the funny thing is, is one of Beyonce's songs was hey, the the kind of like the hook for the song was everything you own is in a box to the left.
0: Uh huh. To
1: the and left. To the left. And so Fran Fran would have that playing in the car, or whatever we're going on a trip, and that song would come on. I said, you better put it back in the house. <laughs> Get that box. Take it back in the house. Put my stuff away. I
0: didn't even know that they had four members. I thought they had three.
1: Yeah. Originally,
0: they had four. Well, they, uh, I was, you know, looking at a list of, uh, fra- popular phrases there in the Bible, but that's one, the writing on the, the writing is on the wall. Yeah. Uh, and I couldn't remember. I know that it's in a Stevie Wonder song too, but it's in a lot of songs. There's a, mm-hmm. there are a lot of songs with that title. Uh, there is a, a Destiny's Child album called The Writings on the Wall. Uh, I'm trying to find, wasn't there a, James Bond song.
1: Wasn't one of the James Bond songs the right, like, wasn't there one, huh? That I don't know. I, I, I hate those intros with the songs.
0: What? That's what it's known
1: for. I I know. I think they're the most annoying things about all of them. I mean, I, I get the whole spy genre and, you know, he's willing to do whatever it takes for his country but
0: I thought you enjoyed those movies.
1: No, I like those movies. I oh, hate okay. the songs. Oh, <laughs> I hate the songs. I, yeah, I can't, I can't stomach watching. I mean, it's just get to the movie.
0: Well, you know, weird Al did one. Yeah. For uh Leslie Nielsen movie.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah.
0: It, I don't remember what it was called.
1: <laughs> Look,
0: when, when it was funny. when,
1: when television shows, sitcoms got rid of the opening song number, yeah. I was so excited. Like <laughs> 24. Um, my friend and I are watching the first season of 24.
0: Oh, going way back it, in time.
1: Oh yeah, it's fantastic. Just this is this is this hour of this day. It's the longest day of my life. And then go right into the action. Yeah. That's great. But see, that's that's I like that. I liked Mike Tyson's intro music. It was a minor key. It was a chord on a computer, and it just went, and that's all you heard. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, and it, it was the eeriest thing. That was, that was early on in his career. I don't know if he ended up changing it up, but it was so eerie. I liked that.
0: So if I, if I were to come to you, and, I would, and we're in a situation, uh, we're talking about something, and I say the phrase, well, the writing is on the wall. Yeah. What, in
1: the, what does that mean? It's done. Okay, it's over with. It's over with. We are finished. Um, hmm. It, it's the equivalent of saying you need to go get your house in order. Oh, really? Yeah.
0: I always took it as it. It's obvious. No. Or something. Something uh unpleasant or uh something unwelcoming is going to happen like like
1: well yeah that's so the unpleasant the unwelcome is according to where you find it in the bible yeah is the city's getting ready to be destroyed and it's obvious the city's getting ready to be destroyed if you just look over the wall there's the army and you're, we're, so we're, we're, we're talking
0: about Daniel chapter five,
1: Daniel chapter five.
0: Now I have a bit of a hard time just with the book of Daniel, because, and I've shared this with you just like 10 minutes ago.
1: Wait, what is that thing? Is that a paintbrush?
0: Well, oh yeah. I, I gotta have things to. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's my little fidget thing.
1: <laughs> okay. I'm, I don't, I've been I don't, I don't have those
0: I've been painting the youth room here and so this is uh, no one's allowed to have this no one's allowed to touch this brush this is my brush because they disappear and I clean this brush really well and people have a hard time cleaning brushes sometimes oh, oh dear no one's allowed to touch that brush It's my two inch angle brush Um, I have no idea what there? any
1: of that means but okay
0: alright it is two inches in width and it is cut at an angle I'll take your word for it. Got it. What were we talking? Oh yeah, um, and
1: Daniel five. And when I when you, I was in my were, undergrad, oh,
0: when I was in my undergrad, we had a we had a class on Daniel and Revelation. It was a it was a class that was separated but covered two books. The Daniel portion of it, I got a C in that class, mm. but that was a failing grade for that institution. So I had to take the class over again. And so I'm just bitter about it, I guess. Yeah. I need to get over that.
1: You can go sit down on the couch and we can talk.
0: No. I mean, I don't mind doing that, but not for this situation. What we're going to do is we're going to talk about the phrase, the writing is on the wall. And it is found in Daniel chapter five, and I'm going to be okay with it. And what verse? Let's see. What verse is it? Do you know what verse it is?
1: Well, it starts in verse five, but I think for context, you want to start reading up there in verse one.
0: That's where the uh, disembodied hand appears. Is in verse five.
1: Um, yeah.
0: Um, in D and D, that's uh, a <laughs> never mage hand. Anyway, all right. Chapter 5, verse 1, King Belshazzar made a great feast for a thousand of his lords and drank wine in front of the thousand. Belshazzar, when he tasted the wine, commanded that the vessels of gold and of silver that Nebuchadnezzar, his father, had taken out of the temple in Jerusalem be brought, that the king and the and his lords, his wives, and his concubines might drink from them and Then they brought in the golden vessels that had been taken out of the temple, the house of God in Jerusalem, and the king of his lords, his wives, and his concubines drank from them. They drank wine and praised the gods of gold and silver, bronze, iron, wood, and stone. And then verse five, immediately the fingers of a human hand appeared and wrote on the plaster of the wall of the king's palace opposite the lampstand, and the king saw the hand as it wrote. Then the king's color changed, like that horse in uh, Wizard of Oz, right? Almost. And his thoughts alarmed him. His limbs gave way. Oh, he's about to, He's... He's going to pass and his, out. and his knees knocked together. I've seen this happen at weddings. Yeah. The king called loudly to bring in the enchanters, the Chaldeans, and the... What's a, what is that? So Chaldeans. I get... Chaldean? Chaldeans it's Chaldeans are, yeah Chaldeans are people from Babylon please forgive me wait he's putting them in in uh, in secession with enchanters and astrologers yeah are they special no the the king declared I'm so I'm sorry uh, Chaldeans the king the king declared to the wise men of Babylon whoever reads this writing and shows me its interpretation shall be clothed with purple which is royalty, right? And have a chain of gold around his neck and shall be a third ruler in the kingdom. Then all the king's wise men came in, but they could not read the writing or make known to the king the interpretation. I'm going to read this whole chapter, I believe. (laughs) It's a good chapter. Uh, Yeah, this is... uh... And it ends up being one person can read it. And that person is Daniel.
1: Well, let's get down to the part where Daniel translates it. Okay. And that is down there. Um, I'll start reading verse 22. Go ahead. But, But you, his son, Belshazzar, have not humbled your heart, although you knew all this. And you have lifted yourself up against the Lord of heaven. They have brought the vessels of his house before you, and you and your lords, your wives, and your concubines have drunk wine from them. And you have praised the gods of silver and gold, bronze and iron, wood and stone, but you do not see or hear or know. And the God who holds your breath in his hand and owns all your ways, you have not glorified. Then the fingers of the hand were sent from him, and this writing was written. And this is the inscription. That was written, mene, mene, tekel, uh, yuf, farsin. This is the interpretation of each word. Mene, God has numbered your kingdom and finished it. Tekel, you have weighed, you have been weighed in the balances and found wanted. And then Paris, your kingdom has been divided and given to the Medes and Persians. And Belshazzar gave the command, and they clothed Daniel with purple and put a chain of gold around his neck and made a proclamation concerning that he should be the third ruler in the kingdom. That very night, Belshazzar, king of the Chaldeans, see, was slain. And Darius the Mede received the kingdom, being about 62 years old. Oh. I actually used to work with a guy who was a Chaldean. There's, a, there's another guy in the Bible, probably one of the most famous Gentile believers, was Chaldean. Hmm. Abraham. Hmm. So,
0: Chaldean. I will know how to pronounce that next time.
1: Yeah, he's from Ur of Chaldea. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, so there, there we have it. And um, what an interesting sight to see. It had to have been terrifying. Well, obviously. I mean, he, yeah. he's about to faint. Yeah, you know Adam's family. It all of a sudden appears and starts writing on the wall. <laughs> yeah, uh, wasn't it the hand? Uh,
0: yeah, no, uh, yeah, no, no, no. Thing, thing was thing. the hand. Cousin thing Nitt. shows. Thing yeah. shows
1: up and starts writing on the wall.
0: Yeah, cousin it was the one that was like all hair, it was just long hair. Oh, yeah. oh yeah, thing. Um, fingers of a human hand appear. It doesn't even. I don't know. It doesn't even really describe an entire hand. It's immediately the fingers of a human hand appeared and mm-hmm. wrote on the plaster of the wall. Yeah. The, so the king lost his color or his color changed is what it says in the ESV. He he uh, went white, probably, uh, with oh, yeah. all he's, the blood rushing away from his brain. He's about ready to pass out. And he's about ready to pass out. Yeah. That's a scary thing to see.
1: Well, I mean... <sighs> In order to understand the passage, in order to understand what's going on, let's let's make sure we're clear about what was what happened. You know, you have, and the, which is, in other words, explain the story. You've got right Belshazzar, the son of Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar was the one that had laid seed to Jerusalem, mm-hmm. and and finally destroyed Jerusalem and the temple in five twenty seven five twenty six BC. Mm -hmm. And he's the king that brought Daniel and his three friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Mm -hmm. uh, and and others uh, into Babylon. Now, what Daniel and his three friends were, they were actually among the first group of exiles because there were three different groups of exiles. And so Daniel went a lot earlier than 520, than five, yeah. uh, He went a lot earlier. And as as he's away, uh, he is supposed to be being re Oh.
0: And
1: becoming, he is supposed to be becoming uh, a Chaldean. And it's not, it's not happening.
0: Right. He's not wavering in his faith.
1: Yeah. And so he goes before 586. He's been there for some time and he's a boy. He's a Judah's age. Maybe between Judah and Stephen, so uh, preteen, teen, and so are his three friends, and they go through all kinds of stuff. And one of one of the parts of, this, of the passage that we did not, that we didn't, we didn't read, has to deal with Nebuchadnezzar's being humbled by God and becoming a Christian, becoming a believer. And that's what that's one of the things Daniel is is telling Belshazzar is, hey, your dad actually became one of my one of my people. One, 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 you know, one, one like me. Well, Belshazzar, in his pride and his arrogance, like his dad, decides to go get all of the utensils and everything that that his dad had brought from the Temple of Jerusalem, and then use them as dishes for a banquet. Right. Disrespectful. It's very disrespectful. Yeah. And what's interesting is, is why at this moment does God decide? Okay, you know what? That's enough. And in fact, dad had just called me just earlier this morning was asking about the book of Amos and why does Amos say for three and then for, four, you know, transgressions, I'm going to do this. And I'm saying essentially the writings on the wall. God's patience has a limit. And the cup is now filled and his wrath is going to be pulled over. That's what Daniel five is about. Or Babylon, Mm -hmm. because outside the city is Darius. Outside the city are the Medes and the Persians, and they're ready to destroy Babylon. And what I've always found just wonderfully great about Daniel is Daniel and, and Joseph in the book of Genesis have got some very similar stories The difference with Daniel is, is Nebuchadnezzar realizes he's got a bunch of yes men around him. And so when he starts having dreams like Pharaoh has dreams, he says, I want my magicians and my wise men to come and tell me and interpret the dream. Well, then just tell us the dream. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. You're going to need to tell me what my dream was. (laughs) And then I'll know that you're for real. Well, nobody was able to do that. Except for Daniel. Yeah. And that's this thats this place right here. You know, Daniel was able to live somewhat of a retired life because of Nebuchadnezzar's love for him following those events mm-hmm. until Belshazzar. And so they had to kind of get him out of retirement for this event. And it's always been the prophet's deal in life. That they're the ones having to give bad news to pagan kings, <laughs> and so what's the news? Well, we read it. it starts down there in twenty-two. You're not like your dad. You didn't humble yep. yourself. You've got right. pride and arrogance. Therefore, uh, your time is up. The king, the your kingdom is falling, and those that are going to do it are right outside the gates. And then we read the last couple of classical verses, and it
0: happened that night. See, that's, that's what I find really chilling too, is that, um, the writing being on the wall was that this is about to happen to you. Like, and it's not future event as like, as most people would think of, uh, of a prophecy being a future event that would happen years down the line, uh, you're getting your last warning. This is it actually, the the writing on the wall being this is what is going to happen, mm-hmm. uh, and it uh, you can hate it as a warning, but obviously, uh, Belshazzar didn't change his ways. Didn't <laughs> he? Didn't have I mean, well, he didn't have an opportunity to because he even, it,
1: even if he had the opportunity, there's been plenty of opportunity.
0: Right, you've you've had these opportunities to humble yourself.
1: That's the three for four from Amos. Yeah, you you've had enough. Not only did creation point you to me, so did your dad and so did Daniel.
0: Yeah. Time's up. Yeah.
1: And so we could do two things with this now. We can see, here's here's the big, here's a big word for you, the eschatological perspective or yeah. motif here, yeah. which means how does this help us understand what's to come? This is not eschatology, this is not giving us a doctrine of the last things, but there is application for our for eschatology. And that is this, when you go to 1st uh, and 2nd Thessalonians, when you go to uh, Romans and 1st Corinthians, when you go to Revelation, where the apostles begin to talk about, or, or even Matthew 24 and 25, where Jesus and the apostles begin to talk about uh, the latter days. And it, you know, it's going to come like a thief in the knife. Not like the Left Behind series where all of a sudden people are not wearing any more clothes. No, that's weird. <laughs> no, what it's, what it's going to be like is um, like what Daniel experienced when he was in Babylon. Hmm. You don't want to be the one taken away. Because uh, that's not a good thing. Hmm. That's being You're being arrested. So you do want to be left behind when People come to take you away because you're going, That those that are get taken away are going to hell. Um, but here, what we learn is there is an end in sight. There is a moment where God's patience will be up and his son will return and he will bring judgment upon the earth. Mm-hmm. And he's only coming back once. Right. And it's over. So the writing is on the wall. and It's called the scriptures. Yeah. Now, just like Jesus says, there's going to be many that are coming to you. Lord, didn't we do this? Didn't we do this in your name? Didn't we no, do that I nev- in your name?
0: I, I never knew you.
1: Depart from me. I never knew you. And then just like in Matthew 24, where you have finally the sheep and the goats are all gathered. And they are divided. Yeah. Sheep to one side, goats to the other. Yeah. And then their hmm. works are read. It's not, let's consider their works and determine whether they're sheep and goats. No. Right. It's already been determined who's a sheep and who's a goat. And then they're divided that way. And then they're read their works. And you find out these did these things for the kingdom. These fought against the kingdom. There's been plenty of time from a person's birth to a person's death or from a person's birth to to the time Christ returns for them to turn to the gospel. Plenty. Mm -hmm. Every sermon, every sermon has people look to Christ, Mm -hmm. to trust in Christ. Every message needs to be that way. And yet people still deny it, even though the writing's on the wall. Now, I said, there's two things we can do. That's just one thing. I think the second thing is, how do, we, how do we apply Daniel 5 and this reality of God's patience being up with unbelievers? How do we apply that to our day? How do we say, well, then how are we to live in light of this fact that God does say time's up, mm-hmm. that, that God does say. Well, let's let's do let's 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 bring it let's bring it from let's bring it away from a national thing to a to a personal thing. A person has a doctor's visit, and they find out they have terminal cancer. I don't know if you've had to deal with this as a pastor yet. In one of my first charges, um, I did. Guy um, was healthy, 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 studying theology at a seminary, uh, just kind of as a as a fun thing to do. Um and then all of a sudden he has acute leukemia. Mm. He has a little daughter and a wife. And you know, what do you do? They come, you know, Pastor, I show up. What are we, what are we doing? and uh, the thing the thing to keep in mind when this kind of stuff happens when the doctor is saying hey look this this is something that the writings on the wall this is a terminal illness now we can prolong it we can we can make you know make it where you can live as long as possible with this we can ease your pain and ease your discomfort but uh, you will more than likely die from this mhm well, we obviously see to me, preaching is not, don't be like Belshazzar. That's, that's horrible preaching. That's, that's moralist. That's, that's moralistic preaching. That's, that's not what, that's not why we have this passage.
0: That's It's very shallow.
1: It is very shallow. Yeah. You know, five ways to not be like Belshazzar. <laughs> <laughs> and and yet Paul says, everything that's given to us in the old Testament is is for us to learn and and, yeah. and be guided and have, there's examples there of what not to do and what to do. Well, let's put it this way. What did Belshazzar fail to do? Daniel uh, says He didn't humble himself. He did not humble himself. He did not recognize the sacred or the holy. Mm-hmm. And He refused to listen. Mm. It's too late. Now, I believe it's never too late for a person um, to hear the gospel and repent. I I believe in deathbed conversions. I think you see it with the the thief on the cross. I think it's, I think it's a wonderful idea of the thief showing up in heaven and, and going, well, uh, you're in. Yeah, I don't know how.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> got this guy that was uh, between me and one of my, my childhood friends said, uh, I'd be seeing him here soon. Who do you think that guy was? I mean, they were calling him the king of the Jews, but. Yeah. You know. I it, don't
0: know. in 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 his phrasing. And the yeah. words that he used when he spoke to Jesus, he called him Lord. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there was uh, something about that man uh, that changed too. Because if oh, yeah. you, you'll notice in other gospels that both thieves were throwing things at Jesus, like mm-hmm. throwing words at Jesus. And then one of them, something flipped.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Uh, but- a, con- a conviction uh was brought up within him
1: Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, and then
0: he yeah go ahead
1: the point the point i'm making is that it's 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 one of these things where it it really at the end of the day doesn't take much you don't have to be a rocket scientist you don't it's it's not a whole bunch of facts and historical data it's one simple thing did jesus say you were forgiven you believe that Mm -hmm. and so belshazzar didn't humble himself didn't listen to the word of god and didn't didn't recognize the holy i think those are very at least three things that we see here Add, add idolatry in there too right yeah that's absolutely right i mean um and and that's those are the things that uh so, not recognizing the holy, he's got he's got that idolatry. He's worshiping, mm-hmm. you know, man-made images. He's suppressing the truth and unrighteousness. And the only question I have is, when people do that, what do you think is going to happen? <laughs> right. What do you think is going to happen when you push God? Do you really want him to push back? Hmm. History doesn't doesn't bode well for those that get pushed back.
0: So I find it interesting that part of me doesn't want to think that God could lose patience. But you find in Scripture, he is slow to anger. He is full of mercy. He's the father of compassion, the father of mercy. But it also says that he is not slow to keep his promise. Right. Right. Right? And and that, he, that's if, the,
1: so that's the point. I think, so we have to recognize we're using human language, anthropomorphic yeah. language. So nothing's changing when God says time's up. Yeah. He had that time set. Yeah. And it wasn't like all the alarms are going off. What was I supposed to do right now? Nope. He didn't hit the snooze button. That's it. Yeah. And you're absolutely right. I, th- I think that's the biggest point here is he promises to destroy a nation that doesn't abide by him.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, um, it's. Um, oh man. I think it's, he's, he is. Uh, hang on. Let me look it up. <clears throat> Cause I used it the other day and I can't remember where the weather reference is. Uh, but I got my computer out right here, so that's a good resource uh, to find. Uh, slow to Second Peter chapter three. Um, the day of the Lord will come is the is the title for that um, chapter in this in the ESV. The, so it's chapter nine. No, I mean chapter three, verse nine. The Lord is not slow to fulfill His promise. As some count slowness, because, you know, we're using our own human limitations on mm-hmm. being able to understand. Mm-hmm. But is he? But is patient towards you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. But the day mm-hmm. of the Lord will come like a thief. And then the heavens will pass away with a roar and the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved in the earth and the works that that are done on it will be exposed. So what you were saying, yeah. all kind of like.
1: Packed into two verses right here. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And what's interesting is, is the, you know, God's patient and slow, not wanting any of you to, you know, fall, but to repent. He's talking to the church. He's not talking universal manhood. Yeah. Yeah. He's not talking everyone, all people, you know, in the sense that it's open to anybody. No, there's, it's, he's talking to those who are in the church. He wants to see the church saved. He wants to see his people saved. And 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 that's, in essence, what Daniel's getting at. Uh, he looks at Belshazzar, he says, your dad knew better. Now, idols were still there. Mm-hmm. But when it came to pride, came to humbling oneself, Nebuchadnezzar knew better.
0: I'm limited on the knowledge that I have of uh, the history wrapped around that. Is there... Is it in Daniel that would show, or within um, any other any other books that would show the transition from Nebuchadnezzar to Belshazzar?
1: I'm sure there's a history about it. I, I don't know. I mean, da- okay. Daniel Daniel has this chapter, and then he's got majority of Daniel one through six is um, the first few chapters are dealing with Nebuchadnezzar. This chapter is Belshazzar following this when you've got one more chapter and that's where you got like Daniel and lion's den and stuff like that. That's oh. with king, That's with Darius. Yeah. And then, and then seven through 12 is when Daniel's getting, is getting all those visions The angels, you know, held back because he was fighting.
0: Well, I kind of feel bad for Daniel because I mean, the King said you, you gave a promise that, you know, you, Hey, you'll, you'll be the third ruler. And now what he says, <laughs> well, think about it. it's what keeps him
1: alive. Oh, okay. That's I mean, he, he essentially, God God revealed his hand at just the right time in order for Daniel to stay alive.
0: Revealed his hand quite literally, right? right. Yeah.
1: Pun intended. Play on words. That's yeah.
0: What, That's a nice yeah. little idiom that you use oh, yeah. for the idiom.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He did. He did that so that Daniel would look like a king, and those are the ones that were. What's what's cool, and I think I think this would be a great oh, man. point, great point to close on, is yeah. Isaiah said this day was coming. Oh. Isaiah, 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 Habakkuk, all these other ones yeah. foretold the day that Cyrus would raise the Medes and the Persians up to the point where they would destroy Babylon. And Isaiah actually names Cyrus by name. And this is a couple hundred years before Cyrus is even born and that's pretty cool is you know so when we sit back and say god had his plan we yeah. talking 200 you know more than 200 years but you know it's given with through isaiah it's given through habakkuk that cyrus is going to be the king who's going to unite the medes and the persians and they will destroy babylon yeah man and, yeah it's it's really cool
0: seeing it play out like he, god playing the long play right there mm-hmm. that patience Mm -hmm. uh but yeah i mean it's we try our best to wrap our minds around him but it's just just not (laughs) fully possible and even though even people who think that they can like you know got a got a good grasp of of uh god's patience or god's wrath or god's jealousy and try to describe it in ways that humans describe their own? No. I feel like you're just building up a false God in your own head when you do that sort of thing. That's dangerous. It's deadly. Right. So you go from chapter four to chapter five, and there's no transition between Nebuchadnezzar to Bel. No, it's because not.
1: it's, it's, it's not really that type of book. Right. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's not really, it's, it's not biography. It's not, I mean, it is history, not but it's bio, not bi-
0: biographical.
1: It's, it's a narrative. Yeah. Uh, like the Frederick Douglass, you know, the narrative in the life of Frederick Douglass. No, that's a narrative, um, where it only tells portions of the, of his life. Um, that's what this is. That's what Daniel truly is. And there's prophecy in it, too. There is, mm-hmm. you know, but Dan, Daniel really wasn't, at the end of the day, he wasn't like the prophets. Uh, Daniel was a wise man. He was a wise teacher. He was like Joseph. So Daniel's telling us how should we live in a pagan land where we don't have a church, where we don't have a minister, where we don't have, El- how should we live in a pagan land? Daniel is telling us this is how you do it. Hmm. here's how you can remain faithful when you are a minority, when you are, you don't have what you're normally used to having in, right. You know, Jerusalem, Judah.
0: Right. Well, I, I can, I can see where people kind of get the context of the way that the phrase is used now. Uh, Like if you were to look it up in the dictionary, it would say that it's, it's like a, I wouldn't say like a premonition, but the feeling that something bad is about to happen. I, I get where they get that in Daniel chapter five. But no, I get what you're saying, though, instead of it's final. But that's true. It's written. Uh, every single day, every single minute, every single second of our lives is written. Before you're we even born, it was written. And God knows it. He knows from beginning to end, He knows. And we may never comprehend that. <laughs> um, But yeah, the, the important thing to take away is that the writing is on the wall. That's the scripture that we have before us.
1: Yeah. We, we may not know what, you know, the next hour has. We may not know what tomorrow has. We may not know. But what we do know is Christ is coming. Yeah. And I was sitting uh,
0: Thank you for listening, and we appreciate your support. If you would like to give in financial support to J.P. Mosley's ministries at Heidelberg Theological Seminary in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, you may do so at heidelbergseminary.org support hyphen HTS. That is heidelbergseminary.org support hyphen HTS. And if you would like to give to the ministries of Tip Mosley at Fellowship Baptist Church in Mount Juliet, Tennessee, you may do so at thefellowshipbc.org slash give. That is thefellowshipbc.org slash give. Thank you, and may God bless.